0: And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. We have another clue for our quiz. Yep.
1: What have you got for us now, uh, right. Lawson? Who, here, yeah. is this,
0: who is this long-lived
1: individual? Ooh, okay, so we know that he spoke to Daniel. Mm-hmm. He spoke to Zechariah mm-hmm. about his son. But my next clue is that he spoke to Daniel again. And what he said to Daniel um, was that as soon as he begun to pray, an answer was sent from heaven. Okay. So, you saying he went back in time? Sorry, well... Back he to, to Daniel? He, he just exists all the time. Like, this guy's just very... He well, doesn't exist all the time, I guess, he's but giving he's giving clues away. He's, he's just right lived for a really long time.
0: Okay. Yeah, cause I'm thinking the time gap between Daniel and Zechariah, that's like, what, about 500 years? Yep. Yeah. It's a significant...
1: Um, that's it's pretty amazing dude. Right? T- it is significant. He's telling lots of people stuff. You know, some, somewhat of a messenger... Ooh. <laughs> Indeed <laughs> <laughs> Clues coming left, right and centre Here on Faith FM morning <laughs> I think
0: morning. you're giving it away man <laughs> If you know the answer yeah. Give us a call 1-800-324-843 Is the number to call Or shoot us a text uh, Via SMS On 0491-064-669 um, Or you can contact us via our social media But mm. we don't always see that straight away Now um just a quick reminder also that uh, if you are listening to the delayed broadcast if it is not the Monday the 25th of February then you're listening to the delayed broadcast and of course the way to flip over the live show is simply to go to faithfm.com.au and press play and, of course, you'll get a much better signal that way. That's how we always all listen to the radio because you can listen to it Australia-wide. You never drive away from the signal. It never disappears. Mm-hmm. It is always there. Um, of course, you can use one of the radio apps such as the Tune In radio app, and uh, they work uh, exceptionally well as well. So just a thought for you there. Run it through your car stereo, uh, through your Bluetooth, um, aux cord, whatever you want. And uh, you're in business.
1: Yeah, shout out to all those people who are listening through the internet. Lyle, uh, Lyle loves you more. Apparently. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you get an extra. You get an extra, an extra, uh, an extra. Um,
0: what kind of uh, photon of love? I guess I don't know. How do we send? <laughs> how do we radio. send love over the radio? But we love you guys. Over the the internet. There you go. We do love you guys. We love you heaps and we just absolutely love the opportunity of being able to get on the radio and speak to you here Mm. today uh, because you are an awesome person because you listen to Faith FM. (laughs) And if you don't listen to Faith FM, then you need to listen to Faith FM so that you can become an awesome person. (laughs) Yeah. What, a, what right. a plug! All right, I'm, I'm just, I'm just making our producer throw up in her mouth. I think in the <laughs> studio right now. <laughs> like this is way too much sugary fluff. All right, we need to get into our Bible study for today, and our Bible study today begins in Revelation chapter 11. Mm -hmm. So, Sven, you're still with us.
2: That's great. You're going to be with us the rest of the show. I am indeed. Looking forward to it. How would you like to read for us verse 1 and 2, please? I can do that. In Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff. And I was told, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there, but do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. Okay, this is an interesting little twist
0: to the prophecy. Mm -hmm. We have been talking about... Um, the, the the great disappointment, I guess, that uh, is often referred to as in 1844, the sweet, bitter experience that we found in Revelation chapter 10. And that kind of finishes, you know, the chapter finishes off with, you know, you need to go out and preach to, uh, you know, lots of people's nations and tongues and kings there's, after this experience. There's still more to come. There's still more to come. Mm. But then we have this interesting reference here. First of all, let's go through... Uh, uh, verse 1. Mm-hmm. What is he given in verse 1? A measuring rod. A, a measuring rod. A tape measure. Mm-hmm. In, in modern mm-hmm. language. He's given a tape measure. A ruler. A ruler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, he's measuring something kind of big, so probably in today's world we'd do that with a laser. Laser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just a whole lot easier <laughs> than having someone run all the way down the other end of that building with a, uh, with a very long tape measure. Well, you looks-
2: can do with your iPhone. There's apps which measure things as well. Okay. Oh, really? This is very cool. Yes. I, don't have, I need to download that. Yeah. You need to update your iPhone. Indeed, indeed. Get on the the
1: level, Lyle. Come on, it's 2019. Let's go. (laughs) Hey, at least
0: it's a smartphone. It is not an old clamshell. (laughs) The battery does only last one day, not like a week like they used to.
3: Mm.
0: (coughs) Anyway. A measuring rod. A measuring rod. He's given a measuring rod. What's he told to measure? He is told to measure the temple temple of of God God. And and the altar of those
2: who worship there.
0: All right, so now I understand... How you measure a building, how do you measure a person? Work out how tall they are. Okay, so you're going to work out how tall they are, how heavy they are. And, and why Why would it be significant that he goes and measures all the worshippers? I mean, really, does God not know how tall we are? Does he need to know how tall we are, how much we weigh, how wide we are, how... Uh, um, either thin or thick or otherwise
2: we are well it, it kind of reminds me what's happening here is it's a bit like a building inspector coming uh, to to your building it's kind of like uh, the person there or John is being asked to to check whether this all of this is in place it it measures up. Uh, so to speak mm. It's in line with all of the building regulations But of course it does come back to your How do you measure people how, I mean do people measure up to the building inspections I don't know mm.
0: Okay so that's Alright so if, if, uh, if there is an inspector coming around And an inspector is going to measure me Then
2: that would make me feel a little insecure mm. Well it depends how, do, how would I measure you I mean in terms of height Is that, is that the what do you need to measure up to
0: Okay
2: when it comes to things of
0: God I would say no Mm. Um, I would say that God is not so much interested in our height As he is in our character Yeah mm. And so the symbolism that I see coming through here Is the symbolism of judgment Mm. And that makes me feel even more insecure because if someone is going to measure my body, they're going to say, well, isn't Lila a skinny little weed?
2: And, <laughs> and then then we'd it, have to
0: agree. That's yeah, awesome, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, but then he's taller than but us. But then I, I, yeah. I probably don't weigh very much less than Sven. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, that might make me feel a little bit
2: insecure, right? But what about your jokes? But Do my, your jokes measure up? Do they, do they, do they come <laughs> under judgment? <laughs> you're, you're producing. Absolutely. With
0: Absol- my jokes are awesome. What are you talking about? I need to get the ruler out? I-, I laugh hilariously
2: at my jokes. But none of it, No. Well, sometimes we do. No, no I do. Always. <laughs> but that's not measuring up, is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, Sven's <laughs> giving me a hard time here this morning. Who brought this guy on the show ben, anyway? It was you. It was, it was you. It was your
1: decision. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I see something that's being uh, really again um, something that's really underlined in the Book of Revelation has been talked about again is God's transparency mm. that not only does because God knows everything right, but then He gives it to you know to the angels and to the to John um, and to the people of God to know why you know to see like. John is given the opportunity to measure them up so that he knows for himself, okay, this is like, you uh, know, God's, God's that's a very you know, good going point. to plan. Everything is, is here because it's supposed to be. It's not, it's not just God decided. It's not arbitrary. It's like, okay, this is how it's, it's supposed to be. Because, yeah, what does, what does John know more than God? Like, nothing. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's for John's sake that he's given a measuring rod to measure up, you know. Yeah. So, I think that's,
2: so, I guess yeah. it's a bit like, you know, if you were to weigh yourself on the scales, like you might wonder if you're a bit overweight. <laughs> but when you actually get on the scales, then... You don't wonder anymore. <laughs> well, you, it, it reveals something you do need kind of help. So, I guess mm. it's similar there. I mean, obviously, as you say, we're not talking about weight or height, but we, we're talking about... Actually coming face to face with Mm. where we're really at. Mm -hmm. So that goes
0: back to in in some ways to uh, revelation chapter three where it talks about, you know, you need to have eye salves so that you can see your true spiritual condition. Yeah wow. And sometimes we do need to do some you know, some measuring. God needs to do some measuring on us and to reveal some things to us about ourselves. Mm. So how would God measure our character? That's a good question.
1: What do you think on that one, Lawson? Or maybe
0: he would, on it, he'd give
1: it. John a measuring rod and say, hey, go and do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no. God would measure our character by his law. Mm. That would be Ooh. my answer. Yeah. And, and here's why I would say that. The law is a transcript of the character of God. So this is mm-hmm. God's character. God's character is, is love. The law is love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, God is love. And so God says, "Okay, this is my character. How do you measure up to my character?" Mm. And that's why the law is there. You can't you can't have a uh, you can't have a a a judgment taking place. Judgment is impossible without law. Mm. You have to have some form of measure, don't you? That's yeah. right. You have to have a standard of judgment. You mm. have to have a standard of measurement. Uh, whether it's feet and inches or metric system or character as it is in this case. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's very significant in that it relates to the sanctuary. And, of course, you know, we're particularly looking here, you know, um, the temple of God, the altar, and those that worship inside. So that would be a reference to the golden altar, which is inside the sanctuary, and those that are worshiping inside the sanctuary. We need to look at the significance of that in more detail. Mm -hmm.
4: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: So, what part of the sanctuary would that be where these people are worshipping?
2: The, the inside of the sanctuary. The, in- the inside of the
0: sanctuary. Inside. What part
1: of the inside of the sanctuary? Like well, the golden altar, wouldn't, wouldn't that be the mercy seat? like, uh, well, no. like that's like, before the mercy oh, seat. Yes,
0: the holy the place. place. The holy yes. place. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, the altar of inside. And what's interesting yeah. is because in verse
0: one, you have an emphasis on the holy place or the inside. And in verse two, you have an emphasis on the outside. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in you guys' thoughts on the contrast between these two verses. The inside is given to the worshippers of God, the outside is given to the Gentiles um, who are going to tread down
1: the holy city for 42 months. Oh, man. Some some, some snaps are firing, man. I got some thoughts. <laughs> okay. I got some things to say. All, <laughs> All right. right. Ask us some questions. No, no, you say. You All say. right, cool. So, the thing the thing that I see here is, is they're worshipping before the altar. And the altar of incense, um, you know, symbolically represents God answering prayers, right? Yes. Mm. And so, God's intercession through prayers is given to the worshippers of God, while simultaneously the, the Gentiles are outside for 42 months. Like, they're in the outer court. Um, we know that this 42 months... You know, corroborated with with Daniel chapter seven and and yep. whatnot. We know this. Ref, this is a referencing to the time in which um, you know, papal Rome has its political power from. 538, you got persecution. Yeah, five thirty eight to seventeen ninety eight. That that time of persecution. And um, actually, I'm just going to go to a verse. I'm going to go to a verse that just because we got to know. Okay, what does the outer outer court represent here? Then, if, if yeah, because
0: the outer court is an important part of the, the sanctuary.
1: Mm. This is this is really cool. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm using this Bible that I'm like not familiar with, but it's all good. Here we go. The Bible says um, we have an altar from which the priests in the tabernacle have no right to eat. Under the old system, the high priest brought blood of the animals into the holy place. Um, as a sacrifice for sin, and the bodies of those animals were burned outside the camp, so also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood well, wow. so essentially, what this is saying to us is you know how an animal gets sacrificed in the outer court uh-huh. and then its blood is taken into to, to the holy place uh-huh. um, for, for you know for the remissions of sins. Jesus was sacrificed in the world. That's the, the, you know, the, the world, comparison. Yes, that yes, is like yes, the, yes, the, yes. The, the, the world is representative, you know, the outer court is representative of the world. That's right. And that's where Jesus is sacrificed, and then his blood is taken into the holy place for intercession. So, I see here what it's saying. This is the big conclusion, the big wrap-up, is what it's saying is, during the time of persecution, God is going to be, you know, working, you know, for the intercession of the people, and it's going to, like... While simultaneously the world's going to be given over to to the nations and to persecution. And I think it's, it's given here as like an encouragement. Because imagine being in that persecution, you're like, oh, is God answering my prayers? You know, like I'm being bitterly and totally persecuted. What, what's going on? It's like, no, the the holy worship is a God. They're being heard by God. They're worshiping before, you know, the altar. Um, their prayers are being heard. And and yeah, that's that's how I see it, essentially. Another thing I would add
2: as well is that it seems to me that what this is portraying is that there's comes a time when God does a measuring uh, mm-hmm. Shall I say of of his people? Mm-hmm. And does, of course, this is in context. We've got to remember this. This is in context of chapter ten. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. God does a measuring of his people, which doesn't doesn't focus on. The rest of the world, but is really focused on on believers mm-hmm. for a, for a certain point of time. I mean, we certainly when we come to the end of Revelation, if you if you go on, oh yeah, absolutely, everybody everybody, everybody, everybody gets judged. measured up. That's right. But but here, there's there's seems to be a need to to have a measuring to to have a um, assessment, shall I say, of even God's people for for some reason. Which Why is, does God need to do that? He oh. already knows who's saved and who's lost,
1: man, for sure. But you got to think like. What was the driving force behind this persecution at the time? It was Christianity itself, mm-hmm. and so if you've got Christianity, the people who claim to represent God, persecuting those who really worship God, well then the measuring stick becomes all the more important, you know when it comes to character and 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 I think you know for someone who isn't God, for someone who's who's John, it's like. It's like, you know, he gives a measuring stick to someone like John to say, okay, this is the difference between the holy worshippers of God and the people who are ruling the world. Both claim to be followers of Christ, but this is the difference. Yeah, that, That's something that I see anyway.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so we need to move on. We have here a okay. judgment taking place. And, of course, uh, God does not need to find out who's saved and who's lost. Um, the judgment takes place for the benefit of the universe, and this is why John does the measuring right here. That's As Lawson right. has just pointed out to symbolize that it is us who get to see that God is fair and just and righteous because God is not doing things in secret. He is doing things in open court where mm. everybody can watch what is taking place. Okay, I do want to get on to these two witnesses because this is the big subject we'll cover today and tomorrow probably, I'm thinking.
2: Uh, Sven, would you like to read for us verse Three, please. Revelation 11 verse 3, and I will grant authority to my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 1260 days clothed in sackcloth.
0: Okay, now if you ask the average Christian uh, who are the two witnesses, I shouldn't say the average Christian, you ask a lot of Christians today who are the two witnesses they will answer with great confidence and say they are Moses and Elijah. Well, it certainly sounds like it in the rest of the chapter. Yeah. So let me just comment on that real quick, because if you read through the, the rest of the chapter, the Bible says that one of the things that they can do is uh, call fire down from God. Mm-hmm. Who did that in the Bible? Elijah. 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 Um, they have the power to stop it from raining. Who did that in the Bible? It'll Elijah. Elijah. Um, they can turn water to blood. Who did that in the Bible? Moses, Moses. Who, that, that they can bring plagues whenever they want. Who did that in the Bible? Moses, Moses. and they're both prophets. Moses, Moses, Moses and Elijah. And Elijah. Elijah. <laughs> so you can. See We're good. We're good class, aren't we? Good students, eh? Hey? You are excellent students this morning. Okay, so um, when you when you actually stop and think about that, you're going to find that there is a good reason why a lot of Christians will say with great confidence that the two witnesses are Moses and Elijah, and I am going to say with great confidence here this morning that they are not.
2: Well, the problem here is that it says that they will prophesy for 1,260 days, mm-hmm. and if we take the biblical perspective, 1, there's 1,260 years, these guys just didn't live there for. They didn't live they didn't, for what no, right, right.
0: years. Okay. There is something else that the Bible says that happens to these two particular individuals, and we're going to find it uh, in verse 7. Lawson, could you read that one for us, please? Right.
1: The Bible says, When they complete their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the bottomless pit will declare war against them, and he will conquer them and kill them
0: okay so the bible says that these two witnesses are killed mm-hmm. are we clear on that yes let's think about this for a moment. let's go to luke chapter 9 let's go to luke chapter 9 and let's read about the mountain of transfiguration let's read about moses and elijah luke chapter 9 <coughs> uh, because this is before we actually find out who the two witnesses are we need to find out who they're not And,
2: Sven, I'm wondering whether you can read for us verse uh, 28 to 31, please. Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 31. Now, about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glories and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Okay, so there's something, there's
0: a key phrase here that I wanted to hone in on. The Bible says that Moses and Elijah appeared on the mountain there in glory. In other words, they have been glorified. Mm-hmm. That's right, and if you go over to uh, if you go over to Philippians, the Bible talks about this, um, what it means, uh, because the Bible talks about the resurrection, and obviously Elijah, you know, was translated to heaven without having ever experienced death. But in Philippians chapter three and verse twenty-one, Lawson, if you could read that one for yeah, us. Yeah,
1: sure. The Bible says in three twenty-one, he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious. Bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control.
0: Okay, so the Bible says that when we are resurrected, that we will be given glorified bodies like Jesus' glorified body. This is obviously the experience that Moses and Elijah have already have. Mm. They have received Mm. that gift of glorified bodies. Now, we're going to come back in a moment. We're going to talk about what that actually means and... Within that, we are going to find the answer as to why it's impossible for these two to be Moses Moses and Elijah. They are related to Moses Mm -hmm. and Elijah, but they are not Moses and Elijah. Right now, we have The Lesser Light. Uh, This is Nobody
5: Laughs, The Two
4: Witnesses. Measure the temple, the altar, the the worshippers bowing but leave out the court the nations will trample its 42 months bathe in the tears of the worshipping ones bathe in the tears of the The hand of this beast from the pit, and Egypt and so.
1: The Lesser Light Collective, with nobody laughs, just like nobody laughs at uh, Lyle's jokes, and uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> unbelievable the things Ouch. that I have to put Ouch. up on Faith FM Radio. My co-hosts, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, you can you can fire me if you want. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, up, that's yeah, up yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, we, that
0: was actually an awesome song, and it fitted in perfectly with song. what we have been talking about right now. So <laughs> the two witnesses, the two witnesses, absolutely, um, and even measuring the temple—it was all there. It was just great. Mm. Anyway, let's talk about the two witnesses a little bit more. We have found out uh, who they are not. We haven't actually finished this section, but the first thing that we've noted is that uh, Moses and Elijah, who appeared with Jesus on top of the mountain of transfiguration, appeared in glory. In other words, they are glorified human beings. Uh, then we looked at how you know this process takes place at the resurrection. When we are resurrected, we will receive a body like Jesus glorified body. Um, and what does that actually mean? What does it mean to have a glorified body? Well, now we're going to go over to First uh, Corinthians. And this is the key. This is the key. First Corinthians. This is key to understanding that the two witnesses are not Moses and Elijah, even though they are very, very clearly linked to Moses and Elijah in the Bible. There is a very, very strong relationship there. Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Lawson, would you like to read verse 51 and 52, please? Yes.
1: The Bible says in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-one. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised up to live forever, and we who are living will be transformed.
0: And in verse 53, in my translation, it says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. Immortality. Okay, so here's what we find. Moses and Elijah had glorified bodies. When we are resurrected with glorified bodies, we receive immortality. When you go to Revelation chapter 11, you find that the two witnesses die. Mm -hmm. They do not have immortality. They cannot be Moses and Elijah. But there is a direct link here, a very, very direct link between Moses and Elijah. And uh, rather than actually being Moses and Elijah, it is something that Moses and Elijah are symbolic of. So what we need to do now is find out what the Bible says the two witnesses are. So Revelation chapter 11 is where we're going to go. And the great thing about this passage is you do not need to guess at who they are. The Bible says these are.
2: Uh, Revelation chapter 11 and verse 4. Please, Sven. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lords of the earth. Thank you. There's problem solved right there. The Bible says these are the two
0: olive trees and the two lampstands. So if you're wondering who the witnesses are, your question has been answered.
2: So we can all move on now, right? Uh,
1: It's still a bit obscure uh, (laughs)
0: Really,
2: why? What's obscure about that? (laughs) Well, I've never met a person who's an olive tree And a lampstand all at the same time Okay, alright I'd
1: like to meet a person like that I might go to a Halloween party Well, I wouldn't go to a Halloween party But a dress-up party i would dress like an olive and and a lampstand And see if anyone would know what I was
0: Okay, so let's summarise (laughs) what we know about the two witnesses so far We are given four identifying characteristics of the two witnesses Here they are Number one They are witnesses. Mm -hmm. Number two, they are prophets. Number three, they are candlesticks, and number four, they are olive trees. That's what the Bible says. What do all of these things have in common? Let's start with the candlesticks. We'll start at the top of the list and uh, Psalms one hundred and nineteen, verse one hundred and five. You probably know this one off by heart. Very famous, Emmy Grant song. Thy word is a what? Lamp. Lamp. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The candlestick is a symbol of the word of God. Mm. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. And let's find out about the witness. What does that mean? Uh, They're witnesses. Matthew 24. What are they witnessing of? Verse 14, please, uh, Sven.
2: Matthew 24. In verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then <clears throat> the end will come.
0: And of course, my translation says a witness, which is the same thing mm. as a testimony. Yes. Okay, so a witness, what are they witnessing of? The gospel of the gospel. kingdom. The gospel. Okay, so the first symbol, the symbol of uh, mm. candlesticks, is a symbol of the word of God. The mm. second is a symbol of the gospel. The Word of God, the Gospel. This is this is all the same thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go to uh, Luke 24 and verse 27. Luke 24 and verse 27, because we also find that the two witnesses are referred to as prophets. All right. Luke 24. And Lawson, if you can read for us verse yep. 27. When we get there, pages
1: flicking. Right down the end. Speech to it. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Luke 24 and verse 27. The Bible says, "Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself."
0: Notice here that the word that the words of the prophets are described as the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Okay, the words of the prophets in fact, this is interesting, the words of Moses and the prophets. I'm going to come back and mention that in just a moment. Moses and the prophets are the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So notice, notice what we've got so far. First of all, the candlesticks, symbol of the word of God. The witnesses, symbol of the word of God. The prophets, the word of God. Mm-hmm. What about the two olive trees? Let's go to Zechariah because this is only found in one place in the Bible, I believe. Zechariah chapter 4 and Sven, we're going to get you to read for us. There's a little section here from verses 1 to 6. So it's a little bit of a passage. Uh, We might break it up a little bit as we work down through. Uh, But Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. And the Bible is going to tell us
2: that the two olive olive trees, it's going to say this is something. We're going to find out what it is. Okay, starting Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 1. And the angel who talked with me came again and woke me like a man who awakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? I said, I see you. and behold, a lampstand of gold with a bowl on the top of it and seven lamps on it with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on the top of it. And there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and one on the other on its left. And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? I said, No, my Lord. Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Thank
0: you. Okay, so here you've got a message that is coming to Zerubbabel. Mm. And that message is the word of God, right? That's Mm. correct. And it is symbolized by what? Two olive olive trees. Olive trees. All right, so two olive trees symbolizing once again the Word of God. The witnesses, sorry, the candlesticks, mm. a symbol of the Word of God. The witnesses, a symbol of the Gospel. The prophets, a symbol of the Scriptures. The olive trees, the Bible says, this is the Word of the Lord. They all have something in common. The two witnesses are a symbol of the Word of God. Now, I want you to think about something. In how many parts does the Bible come? Two. 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 There are two witnesses to Jesus Christ, aren't there? Mm -hmm. There is the Old Testament witness pointing forward to Jesus. There is the New Testament witness pointing back to Jesus. So you have two witnesses for Jesus Christ. And notice what they are called. The Bible calls the Bible Moses and the prophets. Mm -hmm. In other words, Moses and Elijah, a symbol of the Word of God Mm -hmm. right there. If you want to know who the two witnesses are, the two witnesses are the Word of God. That's amazing. Mm, So good. We have only just started to scratch the surface of this prophecy. There is so much more to come, but it is going to come in tomorrow's Bible study where we study some just believable history as to what takes place. Uh, This is the Lesser Light Collective with The Lamb Winds. The king. Right here on Faith FM Pastor Blake, what is happening in Raymond Terrace? Well, our church is having the grand opening of our brand new facility Awesome! When is it? 9th of March, 2019 And it starts with breakfast at 9am And there's going to be waffles And everyone's invited Whereabouts? 45 Williams Street, Raymond Terrace Which is just beside Raymond Terrace Marketplace Be there
4: To Faith FM, positively different radio.
5: Happy Hearts
2: is a free community craft program for kids aged one to five, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from nine thirty till eleven a.m. at the Senior Citizens Hall, four hundred one Warburton Highway, Wondan North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us.
4: he cries in the corner where nobody sees he's the kid with the story no one would believe he prays every night dear god won't you please could you send someone here who
1: Welcome back to Faith FM. Family, listening right across Australia in 87.6, 87.8 or 88 or maybe on the internet. We don't know, but we love that you're tuning in. And, la we've come to that time of the day. Yes, we have where, indeed. Where I ask you a question. Okay. And right. that question is, yes. who are the Nephilim? Who are the Nephilim?
0: Okay, so here you have it in Genesis chapter 6. Uh, the Bible says, It came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and took them wives of all which they chose. Um, the Bible then goes on and talks about, you know, how God says, "You know, my spirit shall not always strive with man." So, so the first thing you find here is you've got intermarrying between the sons of God and the daughters of men. Mm-hmm. Right? That creates a problem. God says, My spirit will not always strive with man, for he is flesh. His days will be 120 years. Now God sets down a probationary period of time for humanity. Then it says, There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they uh, they bear children under them, and the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown, and this is those who are called the Nephilim. And so there seems to be a connection here between the sons of God marrying, the Bible says, the daughters of men and giants being the result of that. Well, here's, here's, here's what you're going to find pop, which is very popular within Christianity. very popular answer is that uh, fallen angels intermarried with human women and as a result those human women gave birth to human beings who were giants. However, the Bible does not say that. And one of the principles that you need to follow when you are following when you are studying the Bible is always go what is obvious. Go with what is obvious. Don't go with what is obscure or strange or a little bit out there or something that you have no biblical evidence for. Okay, so if we are going to stay within Scripture, let's stay within Scripture. Does it sound like a good idea? I think that's a good idea. Okay, it's a good idea. We'll stay within Scripture, and we ask ourselves, who are the sons of God? Okay, and the answer to that question, you're going to find over in 1 John. Uh, Probably a number of different places where you could find it. I just like this one in 1 John. Uh, Let me see here. 1 John chapter 3, and verse 2. The Bible says, Beloved, now... We are the sons of God. So he's speaking to the church, the Christians. And so the Bible says that the sons of God are those who are the followers of God. So then who are the daughters of men? Well, obviously the daughters of men are the opposite of the sons of God. They are not followers of God. Did you have two groups living on the earth at this particular time? Well, of course you did. The Bible is very plain, and the Bible even gives you the genealogy of these two groups. You've got the descendants of Seth who are followers of God, you have got the descendants of Cain, who are effectively followers of Satan. And when the sons of God, the descendants of Seth, who are followers of God, intermarry with the sons of men, the descendants of Cain, then what happens is that there is a diluting of the following of God um, and this is what you know generally always happens when you get an, uh, an intermarriage between somebody who is a believer and a non-believer the non-believer drags them away from God and because people are being dragged away from God, God looks at the world and goes you know what, in 120 years there's going to be basically just 8 people left and so I'm going to send a message out there that I'm going to flood the place and uh, you've got a limited amount of time to get left. This whole idea of uh, of you know, angels marrying humans. We need to investigate that. Is that even possible? Well, the Bible says in Matthew chapter twenty-two and verse thirty, it says, "For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven." I want you to notice what it is that the angels do not participate in. They do not participate in marriage what were the sons of god and the daughters of men participating in they were participating in marriage therefore we know that these are not angels this is simply simply uh, human beings here on this earth uh, this is a story that we can see played out you know, every day in front of our eyes where a non-believer marries a believer and the believer gets dragged away from God. Were there giants in those days? Absolutely there were giants in do- those days. Uh, the indication is that Adam and Eve and all of the antediluvians were a giant race. And uh, and that's why the Bible simply mentions it right there. Anyway, this is Matt Minicus featuring Clint McCoy with Give Me the Bible here on faith fm
5: give me the bible star of gladness gleaming to cheer the wanderer alone and tempest tossed no storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming, since jesus came to seek and save the lost Bible, holy message shining. Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, law and love combining. Till night shall vanish in eternal day. Give me Bible, when my heart is broken, when sin and grief have filled my soul with fear, give me the precious words by Jesus spoken, hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear. Give me the Bible, holy message shining shall guide me in the narrow way, precept and promise, law and love combining, till night shall vanish in eternity. me the danger of these realms below that lamp of safety or the gloom shall brighten that light alone the path of peace can't show give me the Bible holy message shining thy light shall guide me in the narrow And promise law and love combining till life shall vanish in eternal day, in eternal day.
0: Welcome back guys, that was uh, Matt Minicus and Clint McCoy with Give Me the Bible, a very appropriate uh, song to be playing here on Faith FM when we have been talking about the Word of God in our Encounter with God section where we have a whole prophecy that is focused on the Word of God and Lawson is over there diggly, busily digging through the prize box looking for a book that is relevant and this one is called What God is Like. Um, and of course, that refers to—I I, I, guess—really goes back to um, what Zven was talking with us about earlier. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. In terms of—is God uncreated? Is he? Was he caused? Um, is he morally perfect? Uh, is he the person that brings light and power into our lives? Absolutely, fantastic. So this one's by
0: uh, Dr. Barry Harker. The character of God, the nature of His government, and His and His response to sin and evil are matters of universal importance. Uh, yet tradition and misinterpretation have largely obscured what Scripture teaches about God and His principles of dealing with sin. Okay, so this is a really important book. What God is like, if you have ever wondered about what God is like, and if you have ever wondered about the character of God, if you have ever sort of seen things in the world and gone, you know what, or seen things in Christianity and gone, you know what, that does not depict a very nice God. God. Then maybe this is a book that you need to read because this will transform your view of what God really is like. Now, of course, don't forget that uh, if you enjoy studying the Bible and enjoyed our Bible study this morning,
1: Lawson, how do they get in contact? Well, you can give us a call 1-800-324-843 or give us a text oh four nine one zero six four six six nine, or hit us up on social medias and ask us to share resources with you. We have a number of Bible study Absolutely. Um, guides. You know, we have a number of connections with people right across Australia if and you're even in the, the world. If you in the Raymond Terrace area, Lawson will Yeah, yeah I will give you a Bible study all day, every day.
6: When I was a child I did childish things My life was church and all it brings I'd always hear the old folks sing He's never failed me yet I heard this phrase and I trusted so That one day I would come to know The truth in which these words do hold He's never failed me yet place the smile